Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. All right. What a beautiful day it is today. I really mean that. I mean, it is sun is shining, and in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, there there really isn't a better place to be when the sun is out than being in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We have everything. We've got the mountains. We've got the lakes. We've got the uh, the coast. Everything is beautiful here. Well, today I'm really blessed. I have a friend, Agnes Kim. Agnes uh, is currently leading efforts in gaming and content partnership in Korea, China, Southeast Asia, at a company called Xbox. Uh, I've known Agnes for a number of years. Her goal is to engage developers in those markets and bring more content into the Xbox ecosystem to ensure that gamers can experience the amazing content from around the world. So, Agnes, I want to thank you for joining me today, and we I'm, I'm going to be taking notes. Thank you very much. Oh, I forgot to mention that she is currently the Senior Strategic Partner Manager for Content Partnerships at, at Xbox. Agnes, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me here, Paul. Um, I agree. Pacific Northwest is the best place to be when the sun is out. Well, you should know you've been you've moved around a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, I was in LA before this. I lived in Korea. I mean, it all has its pros and cons. But I mean, summer here, nothing can nothing can beat it, and we're heading towards it. So it's it's pretty great. It is. It is. I was telling my wife the other day. It's it's kind of like being in a roller coaster ride where you start um, coming up near the top. You can hear that. You know, you're up near the you're up near the top, right? And you get to the crest, which is spring, and then summer, and you're just hands up, mouth open, yelling, yelping, having yeah. a great time. And before you know it, we're heading into fall. So we're going to enjoy every single beautiful day that we've got. So yep, yeah, definitely. Well, listen, you and I met. We met a. It just seems just like yesterday. Um, mm. At the from the University of Washington, you uh, were uh, one of my terrific mentees. You, I had an internship program at Merrill Lynch at that time, and we met uh, there. And you did a fabulous, fabulous work for me. And then you moved on. And since that time, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and where your travels took you? Yeah, I think you're being a little too nice. <laughs> Uh, remembering those times, I, you know, when I look back now, I'm like, man, Paul must have really had a lot of patience uh, in managing me and mentoring me 
Um, but I, I appreciate the kind words. So yeah, I think that was about 10 years ago, um, or even more when I was interning for you. Since then, you know, a lot has happened. Um, that was my first ever internship at UW. Uh, I was in the business process school of business, which is, uh, you know, awesome for anyone who's thinking about business schools. Um, and then I ended up doing a couple more internships. The The last one I did was with Deloitte Consulting. I felt like that was a kind of the right place for me to start off my career um, because I heard from a lot of the ones who graduated that it's a kind of an expedited way for you to learn everything at once. Many hours you put into to, um, to learning those, but still, it was a kind of a great starting point for the career. So that's that's where I started. I actually um, moved to LA for Deloitte Consulting, and I and the the whole reason behind that was because I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, specifically uh, more of the interactive entertainment industry. So the gaming side uh, that had a little bit of more like the technology component to it. But either way. I wanted to try out Los Angeles. And I actually do remember talking to you, Paul, probably during during this time, like, oh, I'm thinking about L.A. Um, so, yeah, like, I made that move, and it was great. Like, I mean, I, I remember um, the first week I moved to L.A., I decided to run for a couple miles, which I, by the way, never do. I don't know what, what got into me. <laughs> um, probably. Probably the sun, right? I was like, right. oh, yeah, this, this is like a yeah, a good weather to run. I go out in a ninety-something degree weather, and I get dehydrated. I like I, <laughs> um, I was bedridden for like a day and a half, and I decided to never run again. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, and I was honestly, I, I was at Deloitte for about a year. It was a great experience, but then I realized that. Um, despite of me moving to LA for the entertainment industry, all my projects were uh, up in San Francisco and more with the the tech clients. Um, and I kind of realized like it's kind it's hard to choose your projects or the industry you want to be in at that level. So the first opportunity I got to jump to the entertainment side, I did, which was Sony Pictures Entertainment. Oh wow! Um, yeah right in the middle of LA in Culver city, um, closer to the water. I mean, it was such an amazing experience. Uh, getting to work on the lot is, I mean, something, uh, you know, not a lot of people would be able to, um, say they did. And when you say um, what, 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 that, that, that went by really fast. I want to make sure that people understand. Cause I really want to yeah. understand when you said getting to work on the lot, what does that mean? Yes. So it basically means that it's where the sound stages are. So all the filming for TV shows and movies are happening in these sound stages, which are these big blocks of buildings. Mm. Um, and, and for, you know, whatever TV show or whatever movies they set up in a certain environment for, for those scenes. Um, and the lot basically is this gigantic land, a bunch of sound stages. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so you walk through people shooting, um, sh- shooting films, and people in these like you literally go through different worlds and different eras while you walk through it. Like sometimes you will be passing by uh, um, people in their 1950s clothes or 1970s clothes or the future clothes, and 
um, and obviously the celebrities. Like, so that, that's what I mean by the lot. Okay. Okay. That sounds, that, that I understand. And, and sometimes you actually see that in a movie, if it's a movie, oh, yeah. um, like, um, oh, let's t- call it, uh, Blazing Saddles. At the end of Blazing mm-hmm. Saddles, there's that scene where they're going from one set to the other set and falling into the other set. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's exactly it. That's the lot. And I didn't really know the implications of it until I, you know, got there. And it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, you know, you 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 see celebrities working out in the same gym as you. I mean, it's just a real uh, to be there. Um, although, you know, I, I, well, I love my experience in LA and, uh, you know, I, I still miss it to, to this day because of the weather. How can you beat that? Um, and obviously the friendships I've made there, but, um, again, like I mentioned earlier, my, my true kind of interest was around interactive entertainment and, I felt like the movie industry is awesome at the same time. It's more of a passive kind of entertainment. You, you sit back and enjoy. Um, and I think I was just more into the medium that had the storytelling, the art component, which just the traditional entertainment brings, but also the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was for me gaming. So um I got an opportunity to work for Xbox and I moved back to Seattle uh, a couple of years back, and I mean, I'm absolutely loving my job at Xbox. I, I hardly call it a job because I enjoy it so much, um, and I can't, I mean, sometimes I just can't believe I'm, I'm in the gaming industry that I, you know, always wanted to be in. You know, here I am, you know, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my kind of long way of describing my journey. Now, one of your goals is to bring more diverse content from Asia to Xbox. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And, you know, how do you foresee that? What, what does that look like? Hmm. Well, so I think traditionally because Xbox has been a more, I mean, it's, you know, it's based in the U.S. Um, a lot of the Xbox kind of workforce, other than the first party studios, uh, you know, are in Washington State. Uh, I think, it's just hard when there is this gigantic Pacific ocean (laughs) between you to connect with the developers there as actively as you might do in Mm. the U S. So Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, I would say it's definitely something we want to do more because, you know, I I mean, I lived in Korea. I I have my firsthand experience living in Korea, how, how well, Korean developers make their games. I mean, um, there's this game called Cart Rider, which 25% of Korean population has played, uh, which is insane. Um, and it was launched, I think, back in like 2003, and it still is going on. There's esports around it. Like, they, they really make good games that stick around, that sticky, that you will play for decades. Um, and like you're seeing that in China, you're seeing, you know, indie developers rising from Southeast Asia. And I think, you know, I see at least and, you know, a lot of us see a future where we have more of those content coming to the Xbox ecosystem um, because, you know, no longer, hopefully, as, as technology develops, that 
that ocean, the Pacific Ocean between U.S. and um, Asia is no longer uh, an obstacle, right? Like we mm-hmm. have, we are, we can travel. Obviously, this COVID situation is making it challenging, um, but we can talk on Teams. We can talk on Zoom. Like, so that, that's the future I see. I just want more of those titles, those amazing titles um, to come to Xbox and therefore then Xbox fans to be able to play play those content. Well, there's also an understanding. If you play in uh, another game from another place, you know, you mm. have developed a bridge, if you will, to oh, other yeah. people who have played those games, right? And so yeah, in, some, totally. in some respects, you kind of pull down some walls, right? Oh, yeah, totally. It's totally like a, it, it, you know, we, we call it the metaverse. It's a, almost like a new reality, a different reality you live in and you engage with. I mean, gaming has become increasingly social. It's it's not just where you go in by yourself and be competitive against, uh, you know, characters, which which I love, by the way, doing. But uh, it's also a place for you to engage with your friends. Like, I, I do that, too, personally. Like, I, uh, through games, uh, play games with my friends in Korea. Like, how, I mean, and, and it's just you have your voice chat on and you, you know, you just play together against, uh, you know, bosses. It's just like it's just like amazing experience, and it's just changing our our, our lives. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sound too preachy here with gaming, but I, I really do believe in the the magic of the medium. Well, that's that, and and you can tell you're passionate about it. You can tell, right? And <laughs> and, and that yeah. and that's that's really neat. What are some of the challenges that you faced when you were starting out? Hmm. So. Um, to, to go a little bit, a little bit more personal on this, because I, I mean, there's challenges on individual kind of jobs that you take on every, you know, when it's new and it's new industry, like all of those challenges do exist, but I kind of want to go back to the beginning of all. Um, I, so I grew up with not a lot. Uh, my parents were very passionate about education but they weren't necessarily familiar with kind of the the career side of things. I mean, they, they were always encouraging and they were interested in me pursuing it, but like themselves didn't have a lot of experience. Um, and they obviously didn't have a job in the United States. So my parents are, are Korean and they were born and raised in Korea. Um, I was born in the States while they were studying in the States and that's, how I am um, a dual citizen, mm-hmm. um, but you know because they don't really fully understand the culture of the states. They don't really know what it's like to work here. Um, you know, they all they really knew is like you got to go to a, a good college, and that's how you know your opportunities open up. Um, but like I realized when I got to college, I was like, okay, um, now what? <laughs> where, right. where do you know? What do I do? Um, where do I go? And I was also surrounded, like, you know, I was highly competitive and, um, always been interested in kind of working for, you know, business and entertainment and all that. So I had my goals set, but at the same time, I was surrounded by people who definitely had more opportunities to learn early on. This is how you do it. Like this, this is how you become successful. This is how you go, uh, how you move forward. This is how you network all of those knowledges like th- that you learn from your parents your uncle your aunt your older brother your older sister I had none of that and I think even though I felt like 
yeah, I can do it without it. I'll just start over. I realized how um, challenging it, it could be because I, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, you know, when everyone else was kind of talking about how they went to Wimbledon and like all the PGA <laughs> golf <laughs> uh, courses in the world. And here I am like, I've been to Korea because I was, yeah, I was living there, you know, like I, right, um, right, right. It, I just felt so such an odd, like odd duck. Like I didn't feel like I belonged and, um, and, and, you know, now that I look back, I, I should have completely owned it. But at the time I just felt so awkward in my own skin and just trying to figure out a way to like fit in, even though I couldn't. Um, yeah. And that was, that was the biggest challenge just like not being able to own up to who I am and awkwardly trying to fit into a world that I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not necessarily familiar with. Right. Right. And I think you touch on a couple of things there. One is this idea that once a person graduates from university, that mm. all of a sudden they go through that door and they're, they, they, they know immediately what they're going to do for the, on the next thing, the next, you know, right. what's, what's next. And for many, many students, it's elation. You know, we graduated. Yay. Right. Fantastic. And then it's, oh, what next? Right. right. You know? Yeah. And so without a network to around you to mm-hmm. help guide, shape, um, ha- have good input, you know, that, that moment can stretch out a little bit, right? That moment mm-hmm. of, okay, that, that <laughs> moment can stretch out a little bit. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a bit of a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you don't have the network, if you haven't created the network, um, or if you didn't know you needed a network, that's the other thing, right? If you didn't know yeah. that you needed a network, um, you know that in itself could be a a, a whole topic. Um, but but that's yeah. that's a challenge. So you you were able to get through that. How did you bridge? How did you bridge from that moment? To saying, okay, I, I, I think I'll take this leap of faith, or I'll walk mm. in this darkness for a little bit um, to to find where I need to go. Lights are out, but yeah. I still can figure things out. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good question. I think the one thing my like I have to really give this to my mom is that she was not a scared shy lady. She. Um, you know, she would take me to these leadership conferences when I was in middle school, which I did not even understand what leadership meant at that point. Um, and she would just ask, I, I was so embarrassed as a teenager when my mom was like, you know, raising her hand high up and going up to the stage and asking all these questions and dragging me out and pushing me to ask questions and, you know, be visible, be present. And, um, all of those lessons that, you know, obviously as a teenager, teenager was very embarrassing. I realized that helped me at least, you know, in college and after college, when I was trying to build that network, I realized, you know, don't be shy, just, mm-hmm. you know, put yourself out there. Like what, what's the worst can happen? I mean, they might think you're a, an idiot or, you know, they might think you're a little bit too pushy, but I mean, that that's kind of, at least one aspect I learned from my, my mom is that you just got to put yourself out there. So I did a lot of that, which I think helped 
me just open up to a lot of opportunities. I, I participated in every single business case competition that the school offered. Um, I, I was looking into tons of internships, um, everything that I can get hands on, whether I felt like that was a good fit for me or not. I just wanted to try different things. Um, so that aspect was a big help to at least widen the funnel of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and for what I was lacking in necessarily the experience or kind of the legacy part, I leverage a lot of my friends who had better knowledge than me about, you know, all these things and, you know, learning to realize that consulting might be a good kind of first step was not, not my original idea. It was, you know, my, my friends and the, the older seniors were talking about it. And I kind of just like collected all those information and I was like, you know what? I think it is a good idea for me to start with consulting. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, I didn't have a lot of ways to vet it uh, professionally or uh, parental leave, I guess. Um, but I think that was the way I bridged the gap, just like the audacity to um, be present in any moment and also to just leverage, you know, your friends and any resources you can have, like mentors like you too. Um, but yeah. Well, I think that's really a key point. And your mom not only told you to get out there, but she modeled it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one thing for someone to tell you. It's another thing if you can actually see it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Monkey see, monkey do. Well, and and the other thing is, is that uh, sometimes you need to fight like the third monkey trying to get on Noah's Ark. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, you know, sometimes you just really got to get after it. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I think that's important. You know, there's um. You, you can suffer in silence or you mm-hmm. can, you know, or you can make, uh, make headway with a little bit of noise. And yeah. I, I think that that's, I think that's excellent. That's excellent. You know, what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career similar to yours? Mm. Well, I think, um, so, so I, I was lucky in the sense that, I knew from very young that I wanted to be in interactive entertainment. I knew that I wanted to be in business. Um, and I don't really know why I was feeling that way from very young, but uh, that I was just a lot, there was a lot of like passion from early on that like, I feel like I would be a really good person if I was a leader in, you know, selling entertainment. So like I, I made my own Christmas cards and sold it in the lobby of my apartment. Like th- th- those were kind of just all the stuff that like built me to, uh, my passion, but as you know, uh, as everyone knows, not everyone just kind of starts off having a passion to to begin with, right? Like you right. kind of build that on, and, and I think the only way you can build that on is to try many, many different things. Um, I've done everything from you know when I was younger, I did literally like Korean traditional drumming, I did. Uh, regular drumming I did pottery I did acting I did singing like I tried so many different things and I realized I was super bad at all of those that I just mentioned um, <laughs> uh, and then I you know read a lot of books engaged with a lot of people who were in their, those careers and and kind of figured out like this seems like the right path for me this seems like the right thing for me considering my passion and personality so for those who want to do what I'm doing, I would say like, yeah, if you know you want to do something X, Y, and Z because of your strengths and because of your interests, sure. 
if you if you don't know what you want necessarily or if you think you know what you want then i would say um try many different things and it's it's you know i read this book just recently adam grant's think again um and it talks about how sometimes it's not a great idea to just like have one passion and, and chase after that um sometimes it's okay to go through trial and error um because you know we're human and we change and things change and the environment the industry changes all the time um and by trial and error you're going to kind of figure out along the way oh yeah i kind of like this more than the other stuff so mm-hmm. long way of saying please be open minded to try new things different things because uh, that will really guide you to the core of who you are. Well, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is that the journey is the reward, mm-hmm. right? The journey yes. is the reward. And, Absolutely. you know, I think, you know, I was I was kind of meditating and thinking upon, upon that statement. And if you were to write a book about your life, or if anyone was about to write a book about their life, right? Mm-hmm. They could say that I achieved this, I achieved that, I achieved the other thing. Um, that's it. Good night. We're done. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be like a, a a highlight list, right? Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't sell a book, mm-hmm. right? Really, the story of how you learned this and how mm-hmm. you went here and experienced that and then how mm-hmm. you struggled to get from this point to the next point to achieve the mm-hmm. next point. You know, mm-hmm. that is what people buy when it comes yeah. to writing a book. Well, mm-hmm. that's called the journey. Right. Right? That's called the journey. Yeah. You know, clearly we want to achieve. Clearly we want to, you know, uh, acquire. Clearly we want to do these other things. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to understand that there's more that goes into it than just that achievement of that thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I think Michael Jordan had a video, or it was a commercial one time, and it said, uh, perhaps I made it too easy. Maybe you thought, you know, I made it look too easy, right? You didn't see the hours in the gym and this and that and the other thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think your point's really, really a terrific point, and it's worth, it's really worth meditating on. But you mentioned the, this name of this book by Adam Grant. Can you m- mention that again, please? Think again. Think again. Okay. Yes. It, it, it just came out recently. It's a great book. It, it, uh, it, it did make me think, like, for a while in my life, I or a lot of people still think like you need to have a goal and you need to charge after it. Um, you know, eyes on your goal, you know, eyes on your eyes on your goal, eyes on your prize. Like, but it is a it's almost a, an outdated notion because we we live in a world that's ever changing. And what's the point of having this outdated goal if you can't be open minded and have that kind of growth mindset? to adapt and change to new things. Um, and you will, you'll find that maybe that this wasn't really what I expected it to be. And are you just going to stick with the goal, even though it is not what your heart desires? So, I mean, he makes 
amazing points and um, I absolutely recommend it for anybody who's a huge fan of Adam Grant or anybody who's just kind of thinking about their career changes, like all of that. It's, it's a great book. And the, and that can be at the beginning of your career. It could also be in the middle or near the end of your career, right? I mean, what oh, we're seeing yeah. is that many people um, have gathered time and expertise in a particular career, and they're mm. looking to do something different. And so that yeah. would be a good time as well, right? Absolutely. So no, any time. So I've got a question for you. What mm. if 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 there were parents? Um, executives uh, or, or students, you know, what would you suggest uh, for them to think about and what would you suggest uh, for them to do? Because you, you've moved, you've seen that moving, from, people don't understand, moving from Seattle to LA is, mm. you know, um, moving from Seattle to Korea is probably not that far of a stretch either. I mean, L.A. is a different world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? totally. You know, and totally Hollywood different. Hollywood is a different world altogether, right? Yeah. And like yeah. you said, you're walking through the sets on the lot, and you're seeing, you know, this time period, that time period, and your kind of mirrors your, the life that you've had and the choices that you've made and, you know, your you're striving for excellence um, as you're moving through your own career. What suggestions mm-hmm. would you have for students or parents or even an executive looking to change? Yeah, I, I, I probably sound a little repetitive when I say this, but I do think that being open to change and um, new adventures always lets you grow, learn, and also find new opportunities. So, I mean, to students, parents, executives, you know, whoever, um, I just want them to know to not be afraid of changes. And, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, like you mentioned, right, going from Seattle to L.A. or from Korea to Seattle or whatever those changes that I went through, it all came with the price. Um, But the benefits absolutely outweigh those those costs and i'm a better person for those changes that i went through Mm -hmm. um and you just get to learn so much and it's not just the culture you learn um it's also through the friendships that you friendships that you make you learn from different people from different backgrounds from different lives um and it's just equivalent of reading a book. Like if, if you can't make the cha- like you can't actually physically move, then read tons of books because that's also kind of getting to learn other people's lives indirectly. Mm-hmm, Whatever mm-hmm. it is, just be open minded to those changes, those learning opportunities, and just always growing yourself. Yourself. That's that's the key, right? You have to mm-hmm. invest in yourself. Absolutely. You know. I think you said something as well, you know, offline when we were we were talking or uh, informa- mm. and, and something along the lines that you're the only one able to make it happen. So don't right. wait for others to give you the chance or don't feel yeah. that that the that the that you're entitled and the world owes anything to you. Yeah. 100 percent. And I, I think that's a that that's a that's a big that's a big aha moment for people right 
that that if, yeah. that if something's going to happen, then they're going to have to be the one pretty much to do it. 100%. So not to dive into too much detail, but um, in high school, when I was living in, in Seattle, uh, you know, my, my dad lost his job and, um, you know, my mom was what in Korea making $20,000. So it wasn't enough to support all three of us. So I had to, you know, start working. And I was at the time living by myself in junior year of high school. So, so I was working at, I don't know if everyone knows this place, but H Mart, which is a Korean grocery store here in Seattle. And it's a global, maybe not a global chain, maybe it's a more US chain. But anyways, um, so I was bagging groceries. And, you know, I often at that time when I was, uh, you know, going, I didn't have any, I didn't have a car. So I was walking to school. Uh, I was taking two buses to get to this city that had H Mart so that I can make minimum wage to support myself and, and barely really having any money to eat or to even take the transportation. Uh, I blame the world. I blame my parents. I blamed a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I learned. So when I say journey is reward, by the way, which is a Steve Jobs quote, it is so true because I think without those experiences that I went through, which was, uh, you know, humbling myself and, you know, working, I, you know, I, I was, I, I was in bad health because I wasn't eating right. I even got swine flu in high school. Um, I was working my butt off to support myself and at the same time trying to get some good grades so that I can go to college. And all of those experiences built to, it, it really built me who I am. And I would not exchange that for anything else, not in any other privileged um, experience because it really made me a, a, a person with grit, resilience, mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. like come my way, I will fight it, you know. Um, but it also made me realize I can I can blame the world all I want. Um, it won't do a thing for me. It is all up to me to stand on my own to make that change. And mm. because of that realization and desperation almost, um, I worked twice, three times harder than any of my college, you know, friends. And I obviously there's, I'm sure there's tons of people who worked harder than me, but you know, I, I slept four hours a day. I, I made sure that I got good grades. I got internship experiences. I got my future ready because I knew that the world did not owe me a single thing. And it is what I do or nothing. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's an amazing statement. I mean, it really is, right? It's an amazing yeah. statement. The world doesn't owe you a thing. Yeah. Right? Um, totally. And it's up to us. Now, we can help each other. We can encourage each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can bless each other. Uh, but 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 the idea is that the world doesn't owe you anything, Mm-mm. right? Nope. But the beauty of it is, if we work hard, right? If we apply ourselves, if we expand our network, 
what a beautiful thing we can have and what a beautiful place it can be. Totally. Right? It's so worth it. (laughs) It it is. Well, listen, I want to thank you for spending time with me today. This has been absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, um, do you have a LinkedIn site? Do you have an email address? If if someone wants to get in touch with you uh, and learn about, you know, perhaps, you know, talk about the next opportunity, uh, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, no, absolutely. I have LinkedIn. I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn. So it's just linkedin.com slash I, or I guess Agnes-Kim. Um, you got my name, Agnes-Kim. You can look it up. I, I'm proudly ho- holding a Xbox uh, badge. <laughs> if you can't find me, that's the picture uh, with the Seattle City Line background. And I'm, 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 I'm always so open to be connecting with people. I love talking to people. Uh, so please do reach out. And Paul, I really appreciate you inviting me to this. This has been so fun. Oh, um, I hope. Yeah, I've hope been you, taking notes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hope you, you enjoyed it, and I hope other people also get to enjoy it too. Excellent. Well, thank you very much again, and I want to encourage everyone to always invest in what you love.